Hey everyone, it's Jason McLaren. This is this show is a disaster podcast. My guest today is Ken Bush with the Johnson County Aries Ham Radio Group. Ken, welcome to the show. Hey, good afternoon, sir. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so for those that don't know, can you tell us a little bit about what Aries does and what your mission is? All righty. Aries is a, a abbreviation for Amateur Radio Emergency Services. We are a group of volunteer amateur radio operators licensed through the FCC. Uh, we do various sorts of uh, disaster response, emergency communications, public service. Uh, it's all volunteer. We provide our own equipment. Uh, we do some uh, online training and some face-to-face -face meeting training to, uh, so everybody's on the same page. Uh, one of our most common things people know us for is storm spotting. Uh, it's like here in north central Texas today. It's supposed to be some storms going on, so everybody's watching radar and the weather, see what happens. Uh, we have done uh, damage assessment behind tornadoes and flooding uh, damage, working in conjunction with the Red Cross, providing communications for their people in the field. Uh, and we train for any other type of disasters. We've done exercises with various hospitals and so what they would do if they needed communication for uh, different disasters. Uh, so it's, we're able to go up and set up anywhere, just about any time with our own equipment. So it's a free service to the community and the county and whoever needs us uh, to provide communications when other sources may go down. And that's, that's the nutshell application. Yeah. And then what are the, what are the kind of requirements or how could somebody that's interested, um, what do they need to know before they contact you guys? Well, you can contact us at any time. Uh, but to get involved, you're going to need an amateur radio life, which you can study that online, or there's classes, the different clubs and organizations will hold training classes for that. And uh, you take your license and get certified as an operator so that you can operate with us. Uh, and then we will, we will show you the other training from there. But the basis is having the, the radio license and equipment to talk with. Uh, it's better if you have self-powered equipment such as battery backup or generators or something if the electricity's out, uh, we still can operate that way. So the basic premise is the radio license. And then the other training we do within the group are some online classes associated through uh, National Incident Management System uh, and its basic structure of uh, incident command, who's in charge, how does it laid out, who do you report to, um, we like to laugh in amateur radio, say incident command, somebody's in charge, it ain't us, sit down, shut up, and wait till you talk to. But uh, anyway, it's, uh, there's a lot of different aspects of it. So we may be working uh, with multiple people uh, in different ways. Uh, so people with hospital experience, people with animal experience, people with public service experience. And we try to match everybody to their skills and needs, but there's training to work with each one of those organizations so that you, we understand how they work and where we fit in as communicators. Yeah, that seems to be the trend this week on the, because I'm, we're doing the series on volunteer organizations and each person I've talked to said, you know, we try to match you with your skills. So obviously you don't want to be volunteering for something that you don't want to do. Like you said, the storm spotters, I know, Personally, I know several people that are scared of storms, so they're obviously not going to want to be a storm spotter and go out and look for storms. So, I think that's... Well, we, we try to keep as many people as possible in their homes. We like that's what's called a point spotter. Use point from your home or your, if you're at work, you're from your job location, and you don't have to go out in it. 
there's a few of us that like the thrill rush of going out, driving around, watching it. Uh, but if we can keep everybody at home in a safe structure and just report what's happening at their location, that's the best scenario. So that you don't have somebody out in a mobile situation to get beat up with hailstones or caught in flash flooding or high winds, anything like that. But if we had a widespread disaster, we had a, well, we had a tornado here in Johnson County several years ago, and we had a couple of farms hit. Well, if I had somebody that is a horse person or a, a farmer that's used to dealing with cattle, and I need somebody out there, I'm going to send them out there because they understand what the horses need, the cattle need, and what that farmer, whoever they're working with needs. They can communicate better on their terminology. If I have somebody that's a part-time paramedic or nurse or something, and I can hook them up as a hospital liaison, they understand the terminology. That's a better source rather than somebody that may be scared of needles and, you know, bad sights. Something you're not going to send them down there where there might be injuries and uh, body fluids and stuff that's going to make them sick. So we try to match people with what their, you know, what their specialty is already. Definitely. And I know you guys rely a lot on. You said your volunteer equipment and or you provide your own equipment and volunteer time. Uh, is that one of the challenges you guys face with getting the, the equipment or is it pretty readily available? The equipment is very easily readable, or easily accessible. I'll get to that in a minute, uh, readily available. Uh, you can buy it off the internet, we can buy it from each other. There are shows that go on throughout the year, trade shows if you will, where manufacturers come in and set up and display the products. You have new equipment, used equipment. So it's, uh, and you can spend a few dollars, you can spend a whole lot of money, depending on how fancy you want to go and which equipment. So it's readily available. Our bigger challenge is getting organizations, whether it's a sheriff's department, a hospital, somebody to recognize what our capabilities are and how we can be of help to them. And, you know, what we want to stress to them is from a leadership position, we don't want to take over your job. We won't, don't want to tell you how to do your job. That's your job. We want to be here in case you need communication assistance uh, because if, you know, disaster, everybody hits a cell phone, let jams the systems. They used to be horrible about going down. They've gotten better, but it can still be a problem. Or if they lose the towers in a storm or something, we have radio scattered all over the county. We have repeaters on towers just like the cell phones do. We can cover a lot of area with our own equipment that is supplied by our own resources. So we don't have to have commercial power. We don't have to plug in anywhere and depend on the same things those services do. But that is our job is to help pass communications and not go do another department's job. You know, we don't mind helping with some things, but we're not going to go tell the sheriff, hey, this is how you need to handle this search or rescue or, hey, here, I'm here. Tell me what you need communicated is our job. Definitely. And I know with, right now we're dealing with coronavirus at the time of this recording. And, um, I think everybody's seen a big influx of data on the cell phone towers and internet and, and people complain about how it's slow. And, you know, it's just kind of a, a reminder how reliant we are on technology and how the ham radio systems can help us in a true emergency and, and backup and, and, um, and just for real, real, real world operations. Um, I know you guys set up for like uh, bike races and that sort of thing also. Yes, sir. There's over 800,000 of us across the U.S. now. Uh, I don't remember the worldwide number, but it's huge. But there's over 800,000 operators in the U.S. now. We all have our own equipment. Uh, we have, you know, outside of the electricity at our house, the largest majority of us have, you know, in our vehicle. So long as the vehicle runs, you have power. 
We have backup battery systems, generators. Some people use solar power. Some people use wind power. All kinds of so, you know, you can shut the entire electrical grid down across the country. You can't stop 800,000 individual operators with their own power supplies and equipment. Definitely. Well, Ken, thanks for coming on. How can uh, people learn more about Aries and get a hold of you if they want to chat some more? Uh, Google and go to ARRL, that's the Amateur Radio or American Radio Relay League, uh, and Google anything on Aries. There's information on it. Uh, there's all kinds of stuff to be found. There's Depending on where you are, the local sections, uh, here in, in Johnson County, I'm the emergency coordinator for Amateur Radio. I can give my number and address if you want to, or if they just, like I said, Google it. There's all kinds of information from the national level to local levels. Awesome. I'll put your, your club URL in the show notes so people can get a hold of you if they want to. All righty. Uh, well, I even have a, a Facebook page for ours, just Radio Johnson County Aries team you know, on Facebook. Um, you know, we're associated with the Johnson County Amateur Radio Club here in Johnson County, Texas, in the Cleburne area. Uh, there's uh, W5JCR.com is that web page. Uh, and then we have the Aries uh, webpage here. So there's there's lots of different ways to, to get in there. Good deal. All right. We'll get those out there for everybody. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you having us. This episode has been brought to you by Mia Como, M-I-A-K-O-M-O dot com. The respirators that use replaceable filtration technology to filter out nearly 100% of particulate pollution, gases, bacteria, and viruses. Check them out today.